As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. All right. Well, hey, we're a friendly church, are we not? But I'm going to put an end to this friendliness right now. But seriously, we're so good to see you, and thanks for being here today. Merry Christmas. All right, let me ask you this question. A couple questions to get us started. Favorite love song? What's your favorite love song? Come on, man, shout some out. I'm hearing some right now. Shout it out. What's your favorite love song? Oh, (laughs) endless love. Lord, help us right now. Please, Lord, help us. Well, hey, listen, I I don't know what your favorite love song is, but... I'm just gonna ask you this, how many love songs do you think have ever been written? A lot, that's not the answer I was looking for. A quick internet search tells you this, that over a hundred million love songs have been written. That's a lot of songs. What's the number one love song? It's not endless love. It's simply this, it was Whitney Houston sang it She sang a Dolly Parton song. Dolly wrote it. Do you know the song? I Will Always Love You. So I'm going to begin singing that right now to give you that same chill. No, I'm not. Well, on on this list of songs, love songs, I checked this thing out this week, and Supremes came in at number 10 with Baby Love. And for all those... Swifties out there, they're all sitting over here. She came in at number 43, what song? I have no idea. No, seriously, I do know, I love her, or love her, or love something, I don't know. Love her, that was it, thank you for the help. Came a little late. You're wondering about this survey because maybe your song didn't make the top one. It was actually done by Teen Vogue. The next question is, why are you reading Teen Vogue? I'm a girl dad, so I gotta stay up to date, so there. But in all seriousness, why so many love songs? I mean, why are so many love songs written? Could, Could I take a leap and just say, maybe we have trouble with love. We have trouble expressing love. We have trouble receiving love. That's what I want to talk to you about. Grab a Bible and open it up to Matthew chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, you can grab one from a seat nearest you and check the table of contents. Matthew is the first gospel in the New Testament. I want you to follow along. I want to welcome all those that are here today in person And I also want to welcome those who are joining us online. We're in a series. It's entitled Testimonies. And we've been talking about the testimonies of the people of God in the Christmas story. Last week, we focused on Mary, who gave us a testimony of hope. This week, we're focusing on Joseph, and he's going to give us a testimony of love. And what I want to do is I want to read this passage to you, and we're going to dig out four characteristics from Matthew chapter 1, four characteristics of true love. Why? Because I want our love to be true, 
true to God and true to each other in this Christmas season, that we would exhibit true love. And we know that that love comes from above. We've talked about it already today. We've sung about it. But we want to be conduits to that love. And I can't think of a better example than a guy named Joseph. Look with me at Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Underline that part. And her husband Joseph, look how he's described as a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly or end the relationship. In verse 20, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, giving the heritage there. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Father, thank you for this passage of scripture. Thank you for this story. Thank you for the love that it exhibits to us through the character of Joseph. Lord, may we be an extension of the love that you have given through your son. If you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. amen. Four characteristics. Going to keep it really simple today. Four characteristics of true love. Because we want our love to be true to God and to the people around us. First characteristic for the note takers, go ahead and write this down. True love protects. And that's what Joseph was doing. He was protecting Mary with what he did. Look with me at the scripture in verse 18. It says that this is how Jesus Christ, the birth took place. Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Now, that betrothed is similar to our engagement, but it has much deeper commitment. What would happen here is that for a year, the husband-to-be, he would take care, prepare, he would get things in order financially, the house, all these things in preparation for the upcoming marriage. It took about a year. How many people would like to vote that that's how it should be now? <laughs> but in all seriousness... He didn't consummate the marriage. We got to point that out. They didn't consummate the marriage until after. That's where the problem is. So in this betrothal period, which lasted for a long time, look what the text says. It says, Mary was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine how that conversation went down? Mary says, Joseph, I got to talk to you. And she comes over and she says, I think I'm pregnant. And he says, how can that be? We've never done it. And he looks at her, and she looks at him, and she says, I know. 
I haven't done it either. And he says, well, if I didn't do it, who did it? And then she says, God, (laughs) from the Holy Spirit. She she doesn't know. I mean, put your sandals on for a moment and put yourself in this place and think about the craziness of this conversation that Mary was pregnant and, and they didn't know how. Can you imagine Joseph for a minute? Yeah, right. Come on. But how did he respond? Well, that's where we need to look at the text because look what it says in verse 19. It says that he was a just man. It says he was unwilling to put her to shame. Joseph did this, man. He didn't want to drag her name through the mud. He he didn't want to get even like so many would do today. No, he didn't want to do any of that because he was a just man. He was a righteous man. He was a man who loved God. And he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to let this go. And I don't want to shame you. I don't want this story to go out. You got to do what you got to do. And he was going to end the relationship, interestingly. But God spoke, and we'll get to that in a moment. But can you imagine thinking about how that went down? I remember when we first started the church, there was a girl, um, and I was going to officiate the wedding, and her and um, her fiancé, which I knew them very well, they were literally a month before the wedding, and she calls me up, wants to meet. She found out that he was in a relationship with his ex-girlfriend. Invitations were sent out. I mean, this thing, it, it was a nightmare. And so I met with her, and she was devastated. And with all the tears and all the things, she, she decided that she was going to call off the wedding. And I'll never forget, I met with the parents, and I was talking with the dad, and honestly, he was hesitant. He's like, well, the invitations have gone out. This has happened. And, and, and I'm like, no, you, you, you got to listen to her. You, you can't take this gamble. He's got to prove himself. And I'll never forget, I told her, I looked at her, and I said, he's got to come back looking like Jesus, acting like Jesus, walking like Jesus, and doing everything like Jesus for you to even consider this relationship again. And I got to tell you, to my surprise, to her surprise, he did. He did everything. He repented. He got into counseling. He got into a group of men who held him accountable. Do you know that over a year later, they came together, we did the wedding, and it was the most beautiful picture of reconciliation that I'm telling you, one of the most beautiful pictures I've ever been a part of. And can I say this? That they've been married for over 20 years. They live out west. They got six kids. God is at work. God does the miraculous. God does the miraculous with those who truly loved him. The righteous, the just, just like Joseph. So true love protects. And maybe there's a relationship, maybe there's someone, maybe there's something that you're trying to protect right now. That's true love. That's biblical love. You just can't stop it. Joseph had it. Second characteristic, good stuff today? Second characteristic of true love, which is really biblical love. It's that 
the true love listens. And so we've got to listen. We have to be careful to hear. We've got to be attentive because that's what true love does. It doesn't speak first, it stops and it listens. At least that's what my wife tells me. I wish I could exhibit it more. But look at the text because I love what it says next in verse 20. It says, but Joseph considered these things and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And so God sent an angel. Is that pretty cool? Let me show you a picture of that angel. You may have known him, you've seen him before. This is him. This was his first assignment. And so Clarence was coming on the scene and, and seriously, God sent an angel in the midst of a difficult situation because he wanted to communicate his will his way. I believe there's a lot of different kinds of angels showing up. Are you with me? To communicate God's will and God's way. How many people would do this? Let's just take a survey. Raise your hand with me if you believe that God still speaks. How many people believe? I'm telling you, almost everybody. I can see at home that, that what? Yeah, God still speaks. And so he speaks through his word. Love that. That's a primary way that God speaks to his kids. He speaks through his spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God mentioned a couple times in this text that God speaks through his spirit to confirm his word. Those are two primary ways, but they're secondary ways too. God speaks through people. God speaks through dreams and visions is a secondary way. We see that right here in the text. God speaks through nature. The psalmists write that, that the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies declare his handiwork. I mean, God speaks through all kinds of different things. God speaks through people. God speaks through circumstances. Hey, God even spoke through a donkey. Have you ever seen Shrek? I mean, kind of like that. But that's just a biblical picture that God will use anyone at any time to communicate his will, his way. So I knew I was going to play well with that. That little rift, I knew you'd be like, yep, God speaks, and I've heard from him through his word, and I've heard from him through, through other people, but this is the real question. I want to drill down for a moment. When? Like, like when does he speak? Because we know he speaks, and we affirm that today in church, but when? Because I need to hear from him. Well, look at the text for a moment, and I wonder if you can see this with me. Verse 20 said, but as he considered these things, that he is Joseph, what did he consider? He considered doing the right thing in the right way at the right time. That's what Joseph was considering. When we're considering doing the right thing in the right way, in the right time, I'm telling you, God will give you confirmation. Can I get an amen? amen? He will. Like when we're thinking about what we want to do, no, when we're thinking about what he wants, God stops something. I mean, Joseph, for a moment, he was a man, a just man, a righteous man. That's what the text say. You know what the kids would say today, under 25? He was a man with riz. That's what they would say. And some are saying, what does that mean? Let me help you get into 2023. It's charisma. It's character. 
that, that Joseph was a just man. He was pursuing what God wanted and, and God confirmed it, God spoke. And so today, God speaks to those who desire to do his will, his way, his time. Like, I'm telling you, man, God will speak. So we got a lot of young kids in the service. I'm so thankful to the teenager who's swimming upstream and wants to, wants to have a biblical worldview. I'm telling you that God will speak to you. To the single adult who is going against the grain and who's living by this book and doing the best they can and saying, you know, I'm going to live a life of purity and even if they haven't been pure, they know that God forgives them, but I'm going to do that. I'm telling you, as sure as day, God speaks. God leads. And maybe to the business person who is trying to close a bunch of deals by the end of the year. Like, don't cut the corners, man. Don't, don't misrepresent things. Man, maybe you work for somebody who, they, they kind of cut the corners a little. Like, don't do it. Why? Because God speaks. God protects. God's there. Hey, you know what? To the single parent, and you know, this is kind of a different time, and you got kids, and you got to be there, and they got to be here, and it's so much difficulty. And I'm just going to tell you right now don't throw your ex under the bus. Stop talking negatively about them. Uphold and honor them no matter what. Why? Because God speaks. And God leads. And if we choose to do God's will, God's way, he speaks. Do you believe it? God gives divine insight, divine instruction to those, divine inspiration to those who are just and those who are righteous. I remember um, getting off a plane and it was interesting. I'm, you know, I'm getting off this plane and, and this woman comes up to me. It was an older woman. It was just kind of a weird thing. And she just gives me this note and I'm just like, Oh, what's that? And then she literally disappeared. And, and, and so this is what the note said. Hello, my name is Barbara. This morning on the flight to Portland, the Lord kept nudging me to notice you. As I looked at you while you were busy with your duties I felt as though you have something you are laden with and it is weighing you down heavily. I felt the Lord's great love for you and heard him say, joy will fill your heart and your circumstance. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I just want you to know today, I don't know you. I've never seen you. But God loves you a lot. Let God show you his greatness and power as you let him have your burdens in Jesus, Barbara. I thought I was going to say Clarence at the end. I don't know if she was an angel, but in my eyes she was. She was a gift of God to encourage and to speak. And that's what true love does. It responds to those nudges. And boy, would we write a note to a stranger or even to a friend to express that the Lord still speaks to those who truly listen and that he desires to encourage and strengthen the saints. That's what Joseph is teaching us. God speaks, man. 
And God loves. Third characteristic, I hope you see, and maybe you're new to the church, and maybe you're checking us out online. I mean, we believe that this book is inspired by the Holy Spirit, that every word is inspired by God, and that God communicates his will, his way, through these scriptures. You say, really? I say, yeah. Like this book holds for us what we need for life and for godliness. And so that's why we spend so much time in it. And so this narrative story, I've been here so many times before, but let me give you some fresh insight as God has given me this week. The next characteristic of true love, well, true love believes. Like you gotta have faith, you gotta believe. And, and, and sometimes believing takes a lot Takes a lot of, it takes a lot of prayer and it takes a lot of heart and it takes a step of faith. But Joseph, look, he believed and, and he was being called to believe something that he had known because he was a student of God's word. That's why the dream rang true. That's why the angel's voice became clear. Look with me at what the angel said to Joseph. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. That's what it says in verse 10. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And interesting, just a side note, just a little theology lesson for us, that sin comes through the male. That's why he had to be, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, that Mary couldn't have a male presence, that the sin gene is given through the male. Men, sorry, you're no good. And you're not good enough for those women either because they're pure without you. But I'm joking enough to say that, no, that's what the angel is communicating. And so look what the angel says specifically. She will bear a son, verse 11. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Underline that sentence, most important one in the whole chapter going to come back to it next week. That is what Christmas is about. That Jesus will save us from our sin. That's the reason why he came. And look, he says, and all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. He's referring to, if you have a study Bible, you can see it's the prophet Isaiah from Isaiah chapter 7. Again, Joseph knew God's word. And the prophet had said hundreds of years before, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel. And you tell me what's God's name Emmanuel mean? God with us. That, that he was with us and that he is for us and that he is here today. I did it last week. I'll just do it again. I, how, how foolish it is and simple, but I picked up a gift and this gift specifically. And I don't know, I'll probably do it again next week. What would it be like if somebody gave you a gift at Christmas and you didn't open it? What would it be like if I gave you a gift, if I gave this gift to Pastor Craig? No, you're supposed to sit down and not want it. That's the illustration. I'm just kidding. I, 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 and, and you wouldn't open it. And, and I mean, how foolish would it be? What if he even gave it back? You're done now. Go ahead, sit down. Let's applaud Pastor Craig. 
don't we work so well together? But in all seriousness, I mean, nobody would do that. I mean, that ain't happening in my house at Christmas. How would you feel? If not, I don't want that. Well, let that sink in. That's how God feels every Christmas. Because he's given the gift of his son. And, and we don't unwrap it. And we don't open it. And the gift, let me clarify the gift from this passage. So let me give you some new content. The gift, it pays the penalty of our sin. The gift, it delivers us from the power of sin. The gift, the gift frees us from the presence of sin. That's the theology behind the gift. The gift is all about the penalty, which is the past, and the penalty of sin is about our justification that when we open this gift, when we truly believe, because love truly believes that we are justified before a holy God. That's the past, the gift. It's about sanctification. That's freeing us from the power of sin. That's breaking us from the bondage of sin. That's what the gift does today. The gift, it's about the future. It's about glorification. That one day that, that we will be in heaven with Jesus and that we will have glorified bodies. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what love believes. That it removes the penalty and it pays it and it, it breaks the power. And, and one day we will what? We will, because of this gift, that we will be in the presence of God in a glorified state. That's what Christmas is all about. But you gotta believe. And I love this quote about belief. We'll put it up on the screen so you can see it. R.C. Sproul said, the issue of faith is not so much whether we believe in God, but whether we believe the God we believe. Do you believe the God that you're believing? Then experience the fullness of this gift of love. Then share this gift of love with others this Christmas season. So let me ask you candidly. What do you believe in God for this Christmas? What do you believe in? And some, you're, you're believing God for the salvation of a loved one. And I know that because Jody and I are praying the same thing for others. You're believing God for freedom from an addiction, freedom from a past behavior, freedom from the old life that keeps resurfing itself. What do you believe in God for? For others, they're believing God for reconciliation of a relationship, whether it was a, with a son or daughter or uh, your siblings or, or even a spouse. Like, what are you believing God for this Christmas? Because I believe that God speaks. I believe that God loves. I believe as we believe that he will show his power. Amen? Some of us are believing God for healing and physical healing, that you're going through some pain, you're praying for somebody, you're experiencing it yourself. I was at a health club uh, near here that I work out at um, just on Friday. I'm literally writing this message while in between sets, just getting thoughts and putting things down on my phone. And, and this woman comes up to me and you know I'm, 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 I'm on the machine bench pressing and she stops me and she says, you're Ron Zappi, aren't you? And I say, yes. You could tell by how much I was bench pressing. 
no, that's not how it went. I just thought of that. I just thought I'd throw that in. And, and no, as a matter of fact, she said, yes, I could tell by how little you were bench pressing. You are a pastor. No, seriously, she, you know, she, and I said, yeah. And she goes, you're the pastor over at that church down the street. And she goes, I came up to you. I came to that church five years ago and I came up after a service and I told you that my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And I just want to tell you that it's five years later. The first thing you said was, let's pray for her. And you prayed over us, you and your wife. And I want to tell you today that it's been five years and she is cancer free. What do you believe in God for? Because love believes. Love believes the impossible. Love believes the incredible, that God could change that situation, that God could change that person, that even if they don't change, the circumstances can because I change. That's love. And so lastly, love does what? Well, man, love responds. And, and, and so this is what I want to send you out with. Like love responds. Like we've got to be the conduits of God's love. We've got to be like those little dispensers. That we've got to dispense the love of God to this world. Love responds. So let's look at the text one more time and look what Joseph says. Or I should say what he does. Verse 24, are you with me? Two people anymore? It says, look at your Bibles. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did not do as the angel of the Lord commanded him. That doesn't say that. He did do it. And he took her as his wife. Can you imagine the faith that that had to be? I mean, they didn't have the knowledge that we have. But he believed the divine intervention of God. And he trusted by faith. And he did exactly what God said. And some of us, we're not experiencing the fullness of God's love because we're not doing what he wants. And so he's there, he loves you, but his presence isn't being felt to the maximum because you're rejecting his will. You're rejecting his way. Hey, Joseph didn't do it, man. Love responds. So as I call the worship team back up as we close our service this morning. I want to just um, give you a little teaching on uh, in the Greek language about love. And so in the Greek language, it's interesting, there's four words for love. Two of them are in the scriptures, but all the concepts are there. So in the Greek language, there's love that is storge, and that's family love. That's the love that you have for your brother and for your sister. There's phileo. That's the brotherly love that we have for the best of friends, for those that are closest to us. There's there's eros. That's the romantic love that a husband has for his wife, that a wife has for her husband. And then there's agape. It's the common denominator of all the love. And that's the self-sacrificial love. That's the love that you don't have on your own. That's the love that you can't manufacture. That's the love that's been dispensed from above. That's the love that allows me to love people who have hurt me. That's the love who allows me to love people who 
quite honestly, may not deserve the love, that they're unlovable. But we, as followers of Christ, we've got the love to share the love with those around us. That's the love Joseph had. He exhibited to Mary. Man, love to tell you more about his life. The scriptures don't say much, but it says a little. And we know the impact that he had on the savior of this world because he chose to love. And so will you choose to love in this way with these kind of characteristics? And how will God move you to respond? Let's stand to our feet for a moment. I want to review the scripture that we have for our theme verse. And our theme verse comes from 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. Let's read it together. Read with me. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Father, we thank you for the testimony of Joseph. May we exhibit the characteristics that we see in him. Would you, by your Holy Spirit, help us to love those who are unlovable? Help us to forgive because the scripture says love, it does what? It covers sin. Would you help us to have the kind of love that would inspire others to a life lived for you? Lord, we are your testimony. Would you allow us to be a testimony of your faithfulness, of your goodness? I ask that in Jesus' name. If you agree, please say amen. Amen. Let's sing about the testimony we have of love.